Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Palmetto Championship Bets, Picks, Preview, One and Done. We have it all here for you. Remember to smash the like button to the video in the comment section. You tell me who the best value on the betting board is for this week. And you can even say no value because I looked at this betting board. It's not great field, not great odds. So that's what we're forced to deal with right now. It's probably a week that you either want to take off or you really want to shop around because uh, there are some giant spreads on a lot of different people. Plus there's a few notes. There's U.S. Open qualifying going on right now with a lot of players in this field. So if they qualify for the U.S. Open, does that mean they're going to withdraw on a Wednesday? I don't know how all that's going to play out. I recommend you subscribe to the newsletter. I'll have a recap of all this stuff in that. Free to do. It's in the description of this video and podcast. Comes out on Wednesday evening. Big news coming at you if you're a fan of European sports in general. Euro Tour Picks and Bets is back. That will be up on the Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets The Mix podcast feed, along with being on Mayo Media Network's YouTube channel. So subscribe to that. Please subscribe to both of them. If you do subscribe on Apple Podcasts to The Mix, you leave a five-star review, something you enjoy about the show, uh, in your Twitter handle or email address, you're in a draw for one of a few $33 entries into the dogleg. Actually, I'll just PayPal you 33 bucks and we'll be good to go. Just like I did with the people who entered that free money giveaway by emailing the Pat Mayo experience at gmail.com. Some people took advantage of getting that free money. Others didn't. So check your email if you did get into that already. What else do I got on the go? Oh yeah, Euro 2021 starts. Although they're still calling it Euro 2020. I think SEO wise, 2021 is probably the best way to go about this. I'm going to have a mega preview dropping on Wednesday of the entire tournament. And I have three new contributors to Mayo Media Network that will be doing daily coverage of each of the games going on at Euro 2021 that day with all the bets that you need. And that will all appear on Mayo Media Network. Plus, that will be on the mix feed as well every single day. They're going to be like five to ten minute shows uh, just previewing each of the games that come up. So show your support for that podcast feed and Mayo Media Network. And if you do like Euro, I even got a British person to be on. This is going to be great news. So... Euro 2021 Mayo Media Network has got you covered on that front. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo gets you 20% off. Highly recommend waiting till Wednesday if you want to dip your toe into the water because you go Wednesday to Wednesday on the weekly membership plus the 20% off. Uh, then you get the Palmetto to build your lineups and do everything like that plus a full week of research for the U.S. Open and digging into the stats with the simulator, the lineup generator, the customizable stat engine, the custom model. It's all up there. So if you just wait till Wednesday, you get Wednesday to Wednesday, you get a two-for-one deal, and you get a major included into that all the full week of u.s open shows starting on saturday we go saturday sunday monday tuesday wednesday the live chat will be back next week if you're looking for my final pick show and you're listening to the podcast version of the pat mayo experience that will appear on the mix feed uh going forward although next week's show will be on the regular pat mayo experience feed hope you got all that the listeners league link is open it's in the description join that fill it quickly and then we can max it out for next week and get a hundred thousand dollars a rake free guaranteed money in that pool. Jeff Feinberg. 
Two winners in a row. Here we go. Let's go, Pat. Well done. Well I, done. I hedged out of the money, so I felt like I was free. I should have known, like, I, I felt like I was free rolling anyway. We'll get into ROM in a second, that there was no chance that Cantley should have won that tournament. And once he got into the playoff with Morikawa, it was essentially a, a even money to hedge out, of my, hedge out of it for me. So I was like, all right. So on the official scorecard, it's a win for me. It's only really a half win for me in terms of actual money. But, you know, that that, that tout clout is really where it's at, isn't it? Oh, always, but no hedge for me. Um, I don't know. I just felt like it was a total free roll blessing. Didn't even tried my best to not even let the couple five footers um, not tilt me. The one on one, the one on nine. I want to say that Cantley missed. Didn't score on a single par five. That was a starting to to really boil. Uh, but yeah, no, I just let it uh, let it play through. It was pretty exciting. Had a blast. Quite remarkable that, you know, Cantley, like, bogey avoidance was his big thing and is his big thing. And Morikawa was just strictly that ball striking. And, you know, they both, they both, how do you put this? They both, for the most part, like, abandoned them. But, you know, they got to the turn and, you know, they were even par. Or at least Cantley missed, like, a four-footer to be there. But I don't know. Great players, great little time. Could debate the, all the other stuff. Let's go. Fire it up. Yeah, Fired up. It, it was the first time Morikawa has ever gained more than four strokes putting in a tournament and lost the tournament. Obviously, he came in second place. Putted but great. It, it was really weird, though, because it, he was so nails with those, like, ten, five to 12-foot putts on Sunday. It was, you know, very encouraging to see going forward, although I'll bet him the next time around, and he'll miss all of those, every single one of them. He'll still make the cut, obviously. But it was just really weird to see his iron game abandon him. It felt like he couldn't get a good sense of the wind where it was swirling where he was standing, but it was different up at the hole, and, like, he was going long. They tried to compensate, then he started coming up short. It's just really bizarre to see Morikawa be so off with his irons when he's basically the best iron player in the world. You literally said it best through the majority of that round. He was just long, long, long on everything when he was starting to get the opportunities in the fairway. Because early you couldn't even get a, you know, get a, you know, get a clean iron on a ball and do what he needed to do. And then as the, as he started to figure it out, he started, or sorry, then he compensated and he was coming up short. Just a, it was the part, sorry, the bogey save he made after he duffed, you know, duffed the chip was incredible it was like spethian in a sense because it was a really hard like 12 foot downhill uh putt and you said it through the entire round he hit all those putts so confidently cantley had a string of like six holes in a row pat where he could not have hit the putts any better even like 40 footers and they were like flirting with the cup and not dropping um yeah it was a blast even scheffler man I had a head-to-head Cantley versus Scheffler on Saturday that I had that Cantley had to hit a putt on the last to win for me, but that should have won by like five. Scheffler did what on Saturday, essentially what Morikawa did on Sunday, like saving clear doubles, keeping them single bogeys, like hitting, you know, uh, just putting so spectacularly. Um, and credit, I guess, to all to all three of them. Scheffler obviously pressed at the end. He probably feels better about his bogey, knowing that um, 12 wouldn't have gotten him in the playoff. And it didn't change a payday at all for him. 
It, it's, you know, making a bogey on the last and then had Morikawa not made his par save on the last because you almost thought we weren't even going to get to the playoff. Like Morikawa's going to hit another one of these. Incredible. Fire it up. What a great uh, lead-in event, essentially, to the U.S. Open because I don't know what I don't know what house show we got this week. Yeah, we, we have Sunday, the Sunday night heat of PGA Tour events at the Palmetto. Uh, and the it's really weird that I think I know the biggest reason that a lot of guys are skipping, like Dustin Brooks and Hatton are all playing, but they haven't played since the PGA Championship. So it makes a lot of sense to get like some competitive rounds in instead of going major to major. Not everyone is Tiger who can pull that off in his prime. But the course itself, when you look at like the measurements, it's like a par 71, it's like 7,700 yards. Like on paper, if you just compare the scorecards, like, oh, these are super similar. They could not be different courses. So I don't know how much of a tune-up it's going to be. Just I'm curious to see how Brooks and Dustin actually approach it. Although Dustin tends to play really well at this style of tournament, like weak field, week before a major. Like he can go and just tune everyone if his game is right. I have no idea where his game's at right now. It's funny looking at the numbers overall that if Patrick Reed just could have putted on Sunday, I felt like he could have got back into this because he had so many birdie opportunities and eagle opportunities. And it just, it's so weird to see him for the week finish behind really far behind Scheffler, Cantlay, and Morikawa, and even Grace on the greens. Like, if you gave me a shot of who is going to be the leading putter out of those five, I would almost guarantee it would be Patrick Reed. Yeah, you are 100% right, Pat. He got it going even early on Saturday. It seemed like a certain Twitter account heating up on the weekend. Got Patrick fired up, you know, to maybe defend an on the honor of one. Um, you could still find the 35, 40 to ones to win the US Open. I could argue, you know, he's always disrespected. You know, you said the next time you bet Morikawa, he won't make those putts. Here's the thing, Pat. Is Morikawa now like just going to be stapled at that odds range now? Like we're done getting him or him being um, slept on? I don't think so because he wasn't being slept on this time around. He was eighteen to one. He has the same odds as Justin Thomas, and we kind of said, "No, but that's what I mean." I no, mean, but but that's, that's but that's where he is. That, that's just where he is now. But I'm saying you see Morikawa 30, 35, 33 at full field events. I mean, forty sometimes, and you like. Like, it's just like, there's an auto trigger. Um, I wish that I was as auto with it. I've hit a couple. I've hit a couple. I've missed a couple. That's how much he's won. <laughs> There've, you know, been a few um, to count. Another couple guys, Pat, who I think played so much better than their score. Carlos Ortiz, embarrassing from inside eight feet. You could say that's just what was seen on TV, and that's my perception because I haven't deep-dived his numbers, but he has been striking the ball like out of this world the last few weeks. And um, Shane Lowry, to come back from all the double bogeys it felt like he made, um, even some missed putts, and to still score and play as well as he played, what a really, really um, great week. For, for for Shane Lowry, a guy that I knew some people were touting uh, before the week to have a strong week. I don't know if he, you know, caught every break. He would have found himself to 13 under par, but sort of like Reed, it's hard to, like, he could have really done a lot better than he scored. 
Yeah, I the first thing I did on Monday morning was site shop for Shane Lowry U.S. Open odds, and I found an 80 to 1. Uh, apparently, there's a 90 to 1 out there. I don't have access to that book if you go and try to find it. Not sure what it is on DK Sportsbook. I, as I can't bet on it, I didn't even go look at the U.S. Open odds. Waiting for next week for those ones, we do our mega show, but I'm in on Shane Lowry at the U.S. Open. If he can continue to, like, he's not bleeding strokes on the green anymore, and that can always flip obviously, but every other part of his game has been so solid. Like he led the PGA Championship in driving. This week, he was one of the better iron players in the field. The short game is always going to be good. Not always, obviously, but like 85% of the time, he's going to be way better than the field around the greens. Uh, if he can just bring the putter along, I mean, we saw him challenge DJ the year that he won the U.S. Open. I don't think that he's a stranger to U.S. Open conditions. I don't think that's going to be a problem for him. And if he can continue to drive the ball this well, I don't see why he can't win at Torrey Pines. Now, obviously, he probably... Odds are going to say that he's not going to win at Torrey Pines. Sure. It just seems like he should be like 50 to 1 instead of 80 to 1 or 90 to 1 right now with the way that he's playing. And you hit it with Carlos Ortiz. He led Memorial in strokes gained approach in the in the non-ROM division. <laughs> in, the, in the eyeball division, too. Like, I didn't even need a stat to tell me that. Like, I'm not surprised. It was unconscious. Even tracking him because... Um, you know, I was able to hit a wise top 20. He was out with wise on Sunday. So like, you're just seeing like how well he was playing and whoever he was playing with on Saturday, um, by osmosis, by being around other people who are around him that I had invested in, I noticed how well he pretty much played that entire event. Here's my question to you, Pat, because we're a week out from a major. And we always talk about this is essentially the time of year where in the past, you know, we would do a show maybe on like this Thursday or Friday to talk about the major. And we found like over a little couple of years, we realized it was a waste of time. Like the show just dies. The odds are so different. Everyone's odds for the most part get better, except for a couple of people. Um, either they'll play great the week before. It doesn't seem like this field has enough of them although there's a few or there are a couple guys who aren't playing who people like you pat mayo or you know just might have enough reach in the community can actually you know maybe drop their number not by your choosing you're in at your number but it's it's pretty rare for a guy for you i guess to even bet a guy this close to the week knowing historically how they treat the odds that being said, you could really be onto something with Shane Lowry, and you identified you think he should be 50 or 60, I guess. And he strikes me. The reason I went and did it right now, because I'm usually with you, like wait into the week, and especially at odds of that range, I would want to wait for the each way to come out and be like, oh, if I if he's 66 now on the on the placement that has the five way each way, if I just wait till Monday, is he going to be 80 with eight places? I just think that Shane Lowry is going to be a really popular pick for the U S open. And I can see his number dropping uh, because yep. it, it took me forever to find an 80 on it to begin with. His odds were like, he was 50 in some spots. He's 66. Oh, okay. Sorry. He, yeah. He's there six, it is. He is 66 to one on drafting sports book, by the way. But yeah, I'm just looking at the U S open odds boards right now. Like there's so one, you think like, no, that odds drop. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. He's all, he could be popular, but he's going to drop to where he is already in some, some spots. places. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Like, I don't mind it. It makes a lot of, Makes a lot of sense. He's been playing. Um, he's been building that that form. And I guess he could be a guy the books want to protect on like those eight places. That's how well he's been playing too. 
Yeah, just looking at it right now, like there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players from eight to one to fourteen to one at the U.S. Open. Like that crazy. seems that seems a bit rich. So that, that, that <laughs> that's that's not going to stick uh, once we get around to Monday morning. One more comment on that, Pat. It's probably not going to change. We've spoken how often, how competitive, like how how great, you know. Sorry. Just how so many guys can win. You can go f- so far back down the board. Phil freaking Mickelson just won on the longest recorded major championship course over 50 years old. At times, it feels like we are in a simulation due to events like that. That being said, John Rahm probably will be the standalone favorite to win the U.S. Open. I love John Rahm like a lot of you. I think he's going to be the number one player in the world and have it for a really long time. Every piece of content I did last week, I wanted to have a conversation about Rom. only saying, like, it feels weird. He's not hitting, like, the 8- to 15-foot putts that he either hits to save rounds, to keep momentum going, uh, to keep a great par to save that momentum, and he hit them in waves. I don't really care to have the memorial discussion. That's been beaten down. John Rom, who has never won a major, is going to be a f- the standalone favorite at this major. Talk about an enormous ask. I agree. We'll get into Rom in a second because I, I do want to talk about it. We have to talk about it just a little bit. Um, but no, I know. I just it feels like it, every everyone who's tried to talk about it seems to just veer off into this like vax debate. Oh yeah, is... I mean that, that that's the one thing that you bring in. It's just like and it doesn't matter what you even say because all I asked was. Because I was on the golf course with Cust when this was gonna ha- when this was all going down. I looked at it, I was like, is there like some sort of like glitch? I mean, it's a PGA Tour app. I just saw Rom was in first place, but he had a WD next to his name. I was like, oh, glitch. Don't even worry about it. Then I went on to Twitter. And I was like, oh shit. Uh, does that mean like Scheffler and Cantlay who were playing with him that day? And I think Morikawa played with him in the morning. I was like, does that mean they're out too? I don't know exactly how this works. And then like. People just started jumping down my ass about it. Be like, they don't need to be vaccinated. No, they most should definitely be vaccinated. It's like, I'm not too concerned about that. I'm just concerned about whether or not they're playing tomorrow or not. That it's the only thing that I'm looking for in terms of information right now. So uh, I didn't, it's just so weird uh, that it, it's, I, I assume it's an American thing. It doesn't seem like my Canadian friends are all like up in arms about this kind of stuff. Do you, do you find that? Um, yeah, no. I don't, I don't, but I don't really know. I'm not really, um, I don't know. I mean, I like, I'm, I'm vaccinated. Like, I don't like, I, I feel it's weird that people don't want to admit if they are or not. Like, that's a weird thing. And I don't know. I don't really want to turn it into that, but like, I'm not like afraid to say it. Um, but that's like, I guess, does that mean like I'm on a side? I just don't really care to talk about it. No, but the the whole point was like whether you're for or against it. I, I'm vaccinated too. Like for first thing I could sign up for, I'm in. Um, but I mean, first thing I could sign up for, I was in. Then I got it. So now I have to wait around for like round two. Uh, but it actually was to John Rom's benefit to be fully vaxxed because even I mean that doesn't mean that you can't catch coronavirus, but he wouldn't have been tested every single day if he was vaxxed. It was only because he was only had the one dose and he wasn't like through the two weeks that they made him do the testing every day because he was in close contact. Had he have been in close contact but was through the vaccination period, he wouldn't have been tested every single day, which is kind of showing how stupid some of these rules are, to tell you the truth. Uh, but just it would have got him out of it and he would have been fine. He would have won the tournament. So that that would be sort of the angled spin on it, I think. Yep. No, 100%. And you felt so bad for him. 
And you're almost like, why are they telling him that someone in his fit? Like, why are they telling him this like tragic personal news on the side of the 18th hole on Saturday? And then like, obviously, you know, that's where my mind, you know, runs to first when you see the highlight um, of it. And I don't know, I guess overall, I think he's handled it incredibly mature. And for a guy who people perceive as like a huge hothead. Um, but I don't want to lose sight of my first question to you. Like he is now chalk to win the U.S. Like so he'll be the standalone probably by a point or two. And granted, it all feels like the same in that range. But no, like the books are going to post him at the very top of the tout board um, without a, a major championship. It's an enormous ask. So it differs from place to place. DraftKings Sportsbook has Rahm at 8-1 to one to win at Torrey Pines. The next closest guy is Bryson at 12-1. to one. He, Rory, and JT are all 12-1. to one. Then you get to Brooks, Xander, Spieth, and Dustin all at 14-1. to one. But if you just look around at some other places, uh, Rahm is 12-1 to one with Dustin, Spieth, and Brooks as the four co-favorites. So you're going to find a decent number. And it actually kind of worked out to the favor. Like people complain about, I mean, people are complaining about legalized gambling, but one of the benefits of legalized gambling, at least at the early onset of all of these books going out and trying to acquire customers is they refunded your John. Some books even paid John Rom out as a winner. If you had bet on him this week, that's how much they want your business right now. So if you wait until the week of, and like DraftKings Sportsbook has, like I said, eight or nine guys below fourteen to one or below, they're going to see the odds at the other sportsbooks. Yep. And if people have a better Dustin number, someone hangs a Dustin at sixteen, well, all of a sudden he's going to be seventeen on DraftKings Sportsbook. So it's always best to wait for these sorts of things. You're 100% right. Um, Like the competition in the marketplace, whether some books are trying to get you with giving extra each way points than others or guaranteeing best odds on any player under 30 to one. It is to our, you know, it is to our advantage. Um, Although I guess at times it feels like it's another account and passwords uh, to keep track of, but I don't know. Someone showed me another book, uh, that had been advertising heavily during like playoff season here. And I'm like, okay, it's another book to like line shop. I love opening flyers on Monday and seeing where the lines are. And as you said off the top, Pat, I mean, this ain't no US Open, but it's like crazy. When you have like jobber players, the discrepancy in numbers is crazy that we are seeing like in my, at least from my early looks on, um, on this tournament. But yeah, there'll be competition and books will move around, I guess, those numbers. But that book that has the eight is saying like, oh, you just saw Rom shoot a 64 and you believe in like some Rom redemption revenge moment at Tory Pines. Like if you need that crack right now, sure, here, have it. It's eight to one. Like if you can't wait, it's eight to one. Take it. <laughs> The hard part is going to be is Rom has to go into isolation now. I believe it's 10 days, and he has to, like, prove, I think it's two negative tests, which means he can come out of isolation the Wednesday before the tournament starts at the U.S. Open. Now, I don't know what his access is to practice facilities. He was, because he was in close contact this week, he was in a different locker room. He wasn't able to use the indoor facilities at Memorial. So the, the tour had done a good job of, like, hey, like, you have to be over here uh, because you were in close contact. But I, I just don't know, like, do you buy into, like, a redemption thing for him at the U.S. Open? Or is he going to be rusty? I buy into him. Is he going to be rusty? finishing, like, 
sixth place because he, like, he, I don't know. I, I, I'm not betting him. So he's not even on my radar when I look at US Open numbers. He's so short now that I can't even like quantify the units that I would need to to bet. I'd rather just bet Pat, one of like you or one of like one of the guys that like we like are probably going to hit an each way that will pay more than Rom's win. You mean Siwoo Kim? Sure, or equal to. Like that's like, you know, like literally um with all those places. So, yeah, I just can't I don't even know. There it's like obviously he can win, but from my concept of like betting, there's like already red ink because he's un he is unbettable. And yeah. then there are all these questions. I will say one thing. Um with this event being in in Torrey Pines, San Diego, this is like the hub of golf manufacturing um like in the world. They're all sort of there in Carlsbad, like right in that area. And I bet you he could be getting the most incredible. He could be in lockdown at like the Callaway dungeon, just getting tuned up extreme. That being said, he put a new putter in the bag finally. And as we all kind of talked about, he wasn't making those putts in that ROM range. They started to rain. So he seems clearly dialed in with the putter, but um, yeah, they're all flocking. Even, you know, there's a conversation I hate to have it, but I want to have it about Xander, Pat, you know, and he was at, he was talking about how he spent like pretty much days on end in the dungeon and at the uh, Callaway Fortress, getting tuned up, getting all his clubs tuned up for the U S open. This guy going into the week, ninth in putting on the tour. And he changes his approach. He changes his thing. I get like the always be tinkering, but Oh man, like, I don't want to pick on the guy and it'll probably just be a great moment when he does win. You know, I bet him at the PGA. I bet him last week beside Cantley at a very short, small card, of like really good players. Cause I knew that betting range was going to come home and I'm listening on PGA tour radio. Shout out to them for all the great job they do. Uh, and they're like, yeah, Xander feels like it's cheating with his new grip. And I like listening on the radio and missing like seven and nine footers, like on his next two holes. I don't know, man. Like talk about, I don't want to like make a sound bite. Cause it's just going to come back when he wins. I mean, you can get a new Epic flash for free. If you think he's going to win, <laughs> imagine checking that box. By like, hold on, by, by the numbers, he actually putted really well this week. Uh, I you might have just tuned into the part where he did it was the chipping that got him into all the problems. Uh, why he didn't end up coming inside the top, day. he still came 11th. It was really just one, it's amazing, it was just one what bad is, round that got him out of sorts. But I, I just I don't like it. He's he's priced with like even looking at the U.S. open odds right now, Cantley is still 10 points behind him. Yeah, that's crazy. He, he's still, I'm just saying like, he is, I, I, I'm a huge, like I'm a fan, San Diego guy, Aztec, let's go. Um, I just think like the home game ask for him at this moment where I believe like, it's like weighing on him, like the weight of like not winning. As I say, like, um, because he identifies himself as a like professional golfer. Well, like Finau's not winning, but like I would say, like being a pro golfer is like the third thing Finau identifies himself as. You know, dad, relate, like just there's so many things that I think like Finau takes the losses easier, like way easier. 
And to be like, I, I get the always be tinkering, but he's looking, ah, geez, I don't know. He's like looking like he is stretching for anything right now to get him over a finish line. And I guess kudos to that seemed like a really strange um, fix for me. The home game, that's going to be hard. Now, California, San Diego, it's so localized in there, Pat, that like there's like probably 50 guys are going to claim home games for to a certain degree. You know, even Cantley, Long Beach was shoved in our throat. But, you know, when Morikawa came through on it last year, but even we acknowledge it was like the perfect recipe home game because he got to sleep in his own bed. He got to play a course he knew well that other players didn't know. A lot of guys, everyone knows Tory Pines, I guess, for the most part. But Morikawa, it's like all those things, but none, none of the pressures in the COVID, no fans. There were no pressures of, of the home game. It was like a stress-free, well, not stress-free. I don't want to say that. That's crazy. Um, you know, but you're not like putting on 14 and seeing that girl in the eighth grade who titties you want to touch with like consent, consent and respect. It's important. I, I, I'm just saying the home game for Xander, like wanting it so bad. I don't think it's going to work out well at Tory. I don't think it's a bold statement. I but don't he can win a free listen, epic flash. He, he, he can win, but he's not getting my money unless he's like 28 to one or 30 to one. And there's just no chance of that happening. So I'm not too concerned about what Xander is up to. He can go win. and That's fantastic. I will applaud him if he ends up winning a home game at Torrey Pines. Like you said, there's like 50 guys who can claim home game at Torrey Pines. I did want to throw out the bets that I have made for the U.S. Open so far. I bet along with you, Gary Woodland, 100 to one. Uh, back in January, I also bet Ryan Palmer 250 to one uh, with the top five each way. And I just added Shane Lowry. So I have Lowry, Woodland and Palmer 80, 100 and 250 to one. I did want to go over this memorial stuff, uh, just kind of a stat outlook, because, you know, we're going to spend three minutes talking about this actual stupid tournament. But guys that played really well, either tee to green or in ball striking and couldn't make a putt all week. Um, Jimmy Walker did not putt well. Is Jimmy Walker... I don't want to say back to being Jimmy Walker, but he's had a few flashes now over the past few months where it seems like every few weeks he can kind of put together one of these performances. This was by far his best iron week at all. And this was a tough tournament. This was a tough course. Like, should we be considering Jimmy Walker again? Not like this week or anything like that, because now like the, the odds, I don't even know if he's playing, but I assume the odds would be beaten out. But you know, once he misses in a, actually no, he's, Oh, that's a U.S. Open. He's 400 to 1. I was like, Jesus, 400 to 1 this week. That would won at Torrey Pines, hasn't he? He had. No, he lost. Uh, maybe, yes, he did win at Torrey Pines, but then he lost in that Snedeker year with the weird wind. But I, I read Dave Tyndall's column about uh, when you go and look at the leaderboard beyond Tiger Woods at the 2008 U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. It's a bunch of guys who just never played well at Torrey Pines before. Like, they, they sucked at Torrey Pines before. Yeah, I don't know. Um... Jimmy Walker, I don't, it's a year of resurgence. I think it's not silly to say, like, just you'll find it in the dirt, like, if you're Jimmy. Like, the same way Phil Mickelson, the answer's in the dirt. Like, keep grinding, man. Keep doing what you do. Like, it's in you. Find it. It's great to see. It's great to see. It really is. Um, any, whoever wants to be the next guy to, like, show up and, like, figure it out. And you don't even have to win. But just like keep making cuts, showing up, keep your place. Let's go. Don't lose your place in our life by not being able to make cuts in tournaments. Keep so, it up. Great so, work. So the other guys that 
just, I mean, this shouldn't come as a big shocker, but if you're wondering why these guys finished down on the leaderboard, Justin Thomas lost 8.4 strokes putting and still came 42nd. Finau was sixth in the field tee to green. He lost six strokes putting at Memorial. And Ortiz was actually uh, eighth tee to green. He lost three strokes putting. Rosner was second in approach, by the way. Driving and irons were hot fire for Antoine Rosner from France, but he also could not putt this week. Duffner was another one, although that shouldn't come as a surprise. But the big winner of the week, Hideki Matsuyama, he lost almost 10 strokes putting over four rounds. Uh, that doesn't surprise me one bit, Pat. And Finau was just, that was painful because he'd been putting so well all year, all year for the, I don't want to say so well all year, his putting had not been what had been holding him back. Like the results of this week are very similar to like past years of Finau this year. It's really been consistent, much stronger putting. And it had been the approaches that weren't nearly as consistent and were letting him down. We're finally getting um, the approaches back to the elite Finau level, and we've lost the putting. That was really bad to see, or sad to see, but I think it's a good sign. And there are still 40 to ones, and I'm dumb enough to think he's totally live at Torrey Pines on those greens with those irons. Maybe. I don't know if I'll end up getting to Finau for the U.S. Open, but I just wanted to throw that out there. If you're wondering about why some of these good guys finish down the leaderboard, uh, their games are actually pretty fine-tuned if you're projecting ahead to the US Open. When it comes to paying off debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. High interest rates resulting in minimum monthly payments keep you in an endless cycle of debt. Upstart can help you get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple, fixed monthly payment. And unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000, and you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com mayo. That's upstart.com mayo. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash mayo. Uh, I did want to give a special shout out to co-host of the European Tour Picks and Bet Show, Skylar. Also shout out to Axis, both over at ftmbets.com. They hit the LPGA US Open winner at like 300 to 1. That's, that's an amazing hit. Yeah. <laughs> Will Sasso. Will's great yeah, it, It's funny because people kept tweeting out Sasso, and I actually thought they were, I didn't realize it was a, I didn't watch it. I watched like 20 minutes of the uh, the U.S. Open. Uh, but the course looked fucking if you'd have, The course looked if you'd awesome, have, by the way. If Oh, yeah, we got to get back there. We got to get back there. But they're maybe not. We're, but maybe the, we're on the docket for something. But Pat. There's a PGA Championship and a Ryder Cup going to Olympic Club in the next five years, I think. Great. If you would have, that's amazing. If you would have told somebody on Saturday night, like us, like the ROM before the ROM news, that neither ROM or Lexi Thompson are going to win an event this weekend, been unfathomable. Like they both had touchdown leads. They're both world class like players. In, in, you know, 
incredible, I guess, for different reasons for both of them not winning, um, obviously. But yeah, wow, golf. There it is. Uh, yeah, the course looked like it was in absolutely spectacular form, though. Uh, and even the shots they were the NBC did a really good job, at least with the coverage that I saw. But I was just, you know, I was I was out for the weekend. I played some golf, then I watched the PGA tour. And big big miss by the U women's US Open having their conclusion the same time as Memorial. Um, yeah, you thought it would have been a little later, but maybe the playoffs and the rain delays, I don't know, where they were a little off schedule. Yeah, I but don't know. Why would they but why would they be off schedule by finishing that early in a West Coast event? Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't really have your answer. It seemed like, then, it, it seemed like it a good spot cut, for primetime golf. Cut, and then it got cut from NBC. They had gymnastics to get to on NBC. NBC made that decision, obviously, because they cut them off. You know what draws unusually high ratings, Jeffrey? Yeah, Simone Billsley. Yeah, gymnastics in general. Like in an Olympic year, gymnastics actually does really good ratings for well, what you would think so gymnastics Because golf Twitter... Golf Twitter was raging, but then like Porath, Brandon Porath, he's so good. He 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 screen grabbed a bunch of tweets from like gymnastics Twitter, and they were raging too. <laughs> so, so good. What were they mad about? Where's the gymnastics? Simone Biles, the greatest ever. Yeah, well, no, she it, not a yeah, that is no different than us complaining about CBS going along with some like shit big 12 college basketball games like get to the golf start showing the golf no, no, I, I get it he was just saying there's enough like there's another side to your angry like everyone's angry the golf fans are angry the gymnastics fans are angry oh uh good times what a crazy oh yeah crazy crazy weekend and and i don't i mean i had this thought i didn't tweet about it because i didn't really want to like talk about it more or like in text form, but it's pretty wild, Pat, that this, um, how do you put this? In some ways, the events of this week at Memorial will live as historically as Mickelson's win. Like we'll always like remember this wrong thing, like forever. Like it's his, like it's a historical moment in a different way than was the Mickelson win in the history of golf in the tour. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> a guy got tested positive up by a touchdown on Sunday. Like it's going to, that's going to live forever. Yeah, probably not. I, I, the only thing that should live, I think with the ROM stuff is not like Hideki's win at the players. <laughs> this was different. It was different. It, it Ron was just going to cruise to a win. That's why we got, I, I I'm trying to remember like the next time I hit a bad beat or a break doesn't go my way that I should just remember this. I won't because no one does that, but I really should that it even worked twofold too. Cause Rob, is out. Yeah, I, I just saw that. That's why, that's why I was just updating here. Um, but, and we haven't got to the tournament yet. You could have saved it for that. You don't think I'm on top of this shit. Come on, Jeff. But, Rom withdrawing is one thing, but then Cantlay got like the the super rain delay like stop, and he made Morikawa chip it from off the green. But then he got to like wait on his putt that he then walked back and made on the slower greens, so he could be a bit uh, a bit more aggressive on that putt after the downpour. Like there's just a lot working in Cantlay's favor uh, that he just should not have won this tournament. But don't overlook that 
Remember I always point to that Michael Kim performance of the John Deere Classic? Like, no one remembers that. But that was actually, like, one of the most dominant wins that I've seen in the past 10 years on the PGA Tour. This Rom one was shaping up that way. He was first off the tee, he was first down approach, and he was second in putting for a week. And this wasn't against a bunch of bums at TPC Deer Run, either. This was against... One of the better fields of the year, one of the hardest courses of the year. He was fucking killing it. That's the part that's going to get lost, is just how amazing he was playing. Yeah, no, I that Saturday was out of this world in every regard, from the finish to the second round to uh, how he just completely obliterated it. Everything was perfect. What else do we got? Oh, the guy that won on the Euro Tour. Did you watch that guy's interview, Armage? Or Arm, Arm yeah, Pat? that was great. I, I know you would have loved it. He's like, no, this was all me, bitches. Like, <laughs> I earned it. Yeah, hey, screw he was the a, team. He was o- over, I loved it. Overly loved emotional? It. No, he was great. Uh, Axis hit that one, too. So he hit a 300-to-1 and 100-to-1 winner this week. And we're, I, I'm here uh, feeling good about like, splitting a 22-to-1. But, hey, two in a row, Jeff. Can we make it a turkey, do you think, at the Palmetto Championship? I don't know, but can we... I feel like we got to do one more thing. Okay. Okay. How do you put this? Bryson DeChambeau is clearly a lot mentally weaker than I gave him credit for. Oh, you're, you're using uh, your uh, college minor again to assess the situation? Because I watched the Faraday with him that came on after the round on Saturday, and it was delightful. No, he. I love him. No, I'm still, I'm not, I haven't changed sides here. I'm just saying, like, he has to realize when he unleashes the Kraken, like what then might be coming with it. What's going on over there? I like home alarm system just spoke to me in French. Oh, en français, c'est Jeffery. Qu'est-ce que tu fais ici, hein? Pourquoi tu? I don't know what betting is in French. Wager? Okay. My point being is, um, what the hell is going on? Are you in a panic room situation right now? I'm really confused. Okay. I'm going to try this again. I just mean like it's now at the point where like he, I don't like Brooks encouraging people to heckle him, potentially get kicked out and there's a reward of free beer after is like genius and very low at the same time but now it's like to the point where like he's making this brooksy thing like it's like when they someone calling you intentionally by your wrong name is hyper disrespectful if it's like one or two people that like they know your name in any walk it's like one of the greatest forms of disrespect so i could sort of see him being like annoyed at that but when it's like a communal thing you either have to embrace it or you're dead, pal. It's like when the stadium gets on the goalie or like Channing Larry at, at, at like Chipper Jones, like, uh, or Daryl. Like, it's one of those things where like you can no longer potentially um, combat it. Um, so I totally get him being annoyed when, if like, if he's paranoid or thinks things are happening in his backswing. That is like 100 and 50% legitimate. And Brooks is clearly ready to play dirty because he's like, oh, you're going to get kicked out for heckling Bryson? Well, I'm going to, like, pay you forward for that. Like, what a, what a, what a move. <laughs> um, 
but but yeah if it's like you know you're being sort of like the goalie you know when the whole stadium's kind of on you or a group like you gotta be able to wear that better man especially when you're the guy that tweeted a thing of you in his head so, i mean I, I think but i think it's very clearly that Bryson is in Brooks's head. Bryson's not doing anything. It's all Brooks going on the offensive, which leads me to think that not only is Bryson in Brooks's head, Brooks doesn't think he's Brooks doesn't think he's as good as Bryson right now. He's he's pulling out guerrilla tactics against him. That or no, I go back to my original I go back to my original thing that I think they're doing this together for money. Okay, maybe I don't know that Bryson would allow his golf game to be potentially interfered with. But but I don't, but I mean, the backswing stuff is one thing, but outside of like the stuff in the backswing, I didn't see any detrimental effect to Bryson's game. He played like Bryson. No, I agree. He played like Bryson normally plays. (laughs) I want 100%. I'm just saying if any part of him is, is, is worried that like, I now need to be worried when I pull my trigger that they're going to, you know, be, you know, be, and not like you're, listen, you're in one of those final groups at a crowded crowd anyway. Like you always have in your thought that some guy's going to mash potatoes early, but, but I, but if it's like this concerted effort to like, um, out of Brooks to, I, I think that could be low. If they're playing together, that's fine. I would agree to lean with you that Brooks Bryson is more in Brooks's head, but I would also say Pat that, the tactics Brooks using like Brooks has probably been using his whole life in, in middle school, in high school. Like he's always found a way, like he's always been better than you. And maybe he might feel threatened by you. Like you a little in terms of how good Bryson is in some way. I think this is just the game that Brooks like craves to play at every level. Yeah, like, I, 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 it, it strikes me as Brooks really seems to enjoy this, which is great. I mean, yes, it, it, it's, fa- I mean. it's fantastic for not only our content, but the hype surrounding, especially if they get paired together at the U.S. Open, is fucking awesome. So I'm all for it. But it just, it's funny because to Bryson, it just seems to me like Bryson's just confused by the entire thing. Like he just doesn't, <laughs> okay. get, he doesn't get this at all. He's like, what? Well, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just trying to play golf. It's basically the shooter McGavin. This is golf, not a rock concert. Yes, he does seem like, okay, his team is like, no, we signed you up for this. And he's trying to play a role, but he's like really confused on the script at this because it's very, in some ways, um, unnatural. But you read the transcript from the weekend and or whatever day it was, it feels incredibly like natural. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess I said my piece. I guess I'll close it by saying of the entire broadcast crew, Faldo seems like the only one who keeps trying to bring it up and no one else will go there with them. Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. Like, you think they'd want to lean into this. Do you think it's because uh, NBC has the U.S. Open and CBS doesn't? Like, if CBS had the coverage of the next time that these guys are playing together and could potentially put them together, that they'd want to be pushing that for the ratings? I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking with a producer hat on right now, but maybe there was a directive to say, hey, like, let's not hype this up. And we don't want, and you know how CBS is? Like, oh, we're the classy golf station. We don't want to be talking about this stuff. (laughs) And Faldo just seems to enjoy it. Yeah, Faldo tried like at least like three or four times on the weekend to get the co-anchor, even Nance, to tend to it. Um, you're probably right. There's probably uh, like an agenda 
that I don't know, these like 80 year old golf fans don't even know this thing is happening. So let's not even tell them about it because we don't have the big event next week. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what, why try to pump any air into the tires yeah. here? We're going, to the Palm, we're, we're going to the Palmetto Championship. Where <laughs> Did you try to do any? Do, uh, do you want to get it in or do you got anything more on Brooks and, uh, and Bryson? No, I got nothing. I got nothing into it other than uh, other than to say uh, Jason Day withdrew from his uh, qualifier today. He didn't even withdraw from his qualifier today. He didn't show up to his tea time. <laughs> and uh, in a much different way than Ricky, he like kind of well, I don't know Ricky kind of did the same thing when missing the Masters. But Jason Day's like, yeah, I got sponsors obligations. I'll be fine. I'm doing this thing for NetJets. Don't worry about me. Yeah, I mean, man, I mean, if Jason Day is getting like some commission on renting out private jets, probably more profitable than playing golf for him at this point. Just looking at his odds right now, he still is 40 to 1 to win the U.S. Open, despite the fact oh. that he is not playing. See, uh, that's a whole other discussion. It's one of my least favorite things. And as we talk about competition in the book place, Pat, in the books, they're all so quick to move when guys are playing hot, but they never give us the they never do the other way to guys that are so off base. And I'm not saying, oh, Zalatoris missed a cut. Give me an 80. I mean, like Jason Day, like guys that are D-O-A. And I know Day's not playing, but you could list like five others in this field. Like they don't do that other part in the futures market. Week of, like they'll do it. Like Day will be like 100. Well, he's not in the tournament, but you know you know what I mean? So hopefully competition in the, in the, in the industry, um, that's another thing that we can see uh sure going forward i i think that's just more a result of they're more concerned about getting the odds out this week whatever's happening today to make sure that yeah of course on that that something like this and if people don't know if you bet a future a non-week of future of a golf tournament and then that golfer doesn't play you can fight them to get your money back and maybe you will but they do not owe you your money back it is a lost future bet uh and like people who don't realize when they bet on top tens that if a bunch of people tie for the last spot of top tens that your bet gets chopped up. It's one of those things you just learn the hard way. I think we've all been through it. Yeah, you're 100% right. I remember being like one of my first bets I ever made on some international like might have even been soccer or hockey, like an international game. I didn't realize I wasn't getting paid back on my tie. I was like, what? <laughs> Three-way? Huh? So, yeah, I don't know. We've all sort of had those embarrassing things you can laugh at now. I will say to to your original response to my question, you're absolutely right. It's not even that the books notice that player X is playing well. They just see, holy shit, we're taking money on player X for this event in a month, in two months, in three weeks, in two weeks. We've got to do something about it. They don't, like, if you're not betting Jason Day, no one's like, look, or anybody, like, they're only paying attention to the people taking action they're taking action on and so, they'll and anyone that has any sort of narrative around them especially at major championships with whatever the course might be is always just going to be inherently overvalued in the early betting market so day has two wins at tory pines hence he's 40 to one like yes also to that point pat before we had the dq from rom or the wd it felt identical to what was happening with rory now let me say this a guy that hadn't won in a long time for how good they are, right? Rory had a drought. Rom is going back for Rom like a while. It's been a lot of starts. Maybe like his one of his longest start droughts ever. He wins in the lead up to the major that he's, sorry, he leads at, he wins at a course he's won at in a lead up to a major on a course that he's won at. 
I hope I made sense. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely understand it. Uh, but like, you, I don't even know what Justin Rose's number is in this field right now, but he's another guy who's won there before. So I assume that he's like, he's high up in the betting odds. I think he's 45 to one or something like that. Like week of, he's going to be 70. So He's been sneaky good though. I, I agree he's been sneaky good. He's been better in these bigger events, but he's not going to go off at 45 to one the week of because no one will bet Justin Rose at that price. I had a lot of fun talking golf with you. Me too, because I we're just dreading this stupid fucking event. <laughs> I, I don't know what what to say. I, I, like, yeah, I, I've um, I made notes. Yeah, me too. They weren't on the event. They were on this other stuff. So I'm happy to get to the event and do it quickly. It was a match made in heaven. I'd been trying to cut down on carbs, sugar, and unhealthy food in general, and I realized that I couldn't eat anything. Then all of a sudden, Magic Spoon tells me they want to advertise on the Pat Mayo experience. They send me some cereal, and I keep buying some more. They sucked me in because it's so damn good. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free, and you can build your own box. So, available flavors to build your own very custom box are coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. Once again, I will tell everyone that fruity is the way that you want to go. It's the only thing that I get anymore. But hey, might as well try them all out and find out which one is your favorite. So, Go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code mayo at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Let's be honest. You're not getting as good of a sleep as you need to be. Whether your problem is falling asleep, staying asleep, or just not feeling rested once you wake up, you're not alone. That last one is the Pat Mayo category, by the way. Not feeling rested once you wake up. More than half of Americans report having trouble with getting enough sleep. At Brickhouse Nutrition, our team of on-staff physicians is on a mission to get heads on pillows and would like to introduce Dreams Sleep Aid by taking science-backed ingredients like melatonin and combining them with natural ingredients from the earth like valerian root and jujube fruit. Dreams is a perfect blend for the perfect sleep. Go to BrickHouseSleep.com and get 15% off your first order at checkout with promo code MAYO. Sound to sleep like a brick. BrickHouseSleep.com, promo code MAYO. Palmetto Championship in South Carolina replacing our national event, Jeffrey, the Canadian Open, gone for the second consecutive year. Uh, is the first time it has been canceled. I mean, last year was the first year it was canceled, but World War II was the last time that the third oldest open championship in the world was not played. But here we are. We're at Congaree Golf Club, where if you could do research on this, it'll just talk about how 
philanthropic all of the billionaires who created it are that's like it's a must write into the byline of every single story it's just pretty outrageous to think of uh it's a pretty coolly designed course though i must say it is it's like kiowa island where all the sand you can ground your club it just deals it with it naturally that way it's a super flat course it does seem like there's gonna be thunderstorms throughout the week but i don't know how much precipitation is actually going to come down like you might get a quick dump but then it gets really hot and bakes itself out again because if it does play firm and fast which how it traditionally plays from what I can tell is that you're looking at like a Royal Melbourne. You're looking at like Scottish courses with the way that different types of players can attack it. It's super long. It's a par 71. It's over 67 or it's over 7,600 yards. It's one of the longest courses these guys are going to play all year long on the PGA tour, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be a huge advantage for bombers at the same time, unless it starts getting wet out because the shorter hitters, like the Fitzpatrick's of the world are just going to kind of be able to keep it low. They're going to play that like link style iron game where they can run it up to the greens. It's completely shaved around the green. So if you want to putt from off the greens, you can do it that way too. So that brings more players back into the player pool. So it just does seem like a very uniquely laid out course where there's just many different ways that you can tackle it. So when I looked at comp courses and I went, through this on the Sunday show, just different style places. I'm kind of looking at some of those Middle Eastern events over on the European tour to give myself a gauge of what's going on. Don't do that to me. We, we, you've already made the bet, so what's the difference? Well, I don't know who we're talking about, but I know who I'm thinking about when you say that's where that's where this winner can, looks like he can come from. I, I mean, here's the thing. Let's get to it. Uh, actually, just well, I'm talking about someone else. Yeah, I've made a couple downrange bets, but there's a guy... Closer to the top, who's like only big wins, I feel, have been in the Middle East. Yes. Uh, I mean, I may have just mentioned his name as well. But at the same time, Brennan Grace just withdrew it as of this recording. He must have qualified for the U.S. Open. So he's out of here. And he would have set up really well for this course. I actually liked him a lot this week. See, woo! is out for this week. Doug Gim, the Gim Reaper, my guy. Can't lose money on you this week, Dougie. Uh, he withdrew from the event. Chuck Hoffman withdrew with the event. It's funny because I liked all of those guys this week. Kyle Stanley withdrew from the event. So pay attention as we go forward because once the U.S. qualification is over, if guys in this field qualify for the U.S. Open, they might just say, fuck it, head to Torrey Pines. So like I said, join the newsletter and jump into that. Uh, the Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League link is in the description as well. And if you do want to generate your lines, so you're not going to start your research till Wednesday anyway, fantasynational.com slash Mayo gets you 20% off. The weekly membership goes Wednesday to Wednesday. That will get you the entire Wednesday of building your lineups for DraftKings or making your bets this week for the Palmetto. But it takes you all the way through the Wednesday to build your lineups, make all your bets, and do all your research for the U.S. Open as well. So with slash Mayo at the end, it gets you 20% off. It's like 7 bucks or something like that for two weeks' worth of the site. You should probably go do that if you're actually serious about trying to compete this time around. I, I forgot to do shout-outs uh, at the beginning, Jeff, but a ton of people hit Cantlay. That's amazing news. It's great to see people back, you know, in the positive side of the ledger with Kokrak, then can't lay the last two weeks after an extended drought. This is usually what happens, but a bunch of not, there wasn't over $700,000 won by viewers of the show on DraftKings this week, but there was still some pretty hefty payouts. So uh, sorry, I didn't get to shout out your names at the very beginning, but congratulations to everyone out there who had an awesome week. The odds from DraftKingsSportsBook.com this week, Jeff. Dustin Johnson is seven and a half to one. Brooks is nine to one. Hatton is 11 to one. Fitzpatrick is 12 to one. Sungjae is 16 to one. Then you got Fleetwood at 25, Norn at 25, Poulter at 25, 
Anderkirst, Harris English at 28. Brennan Grace withdraw at 28 to 1. Uh, looking at the odds right now, Lucas Glover is actually 29 to 1, who is an ambassador for this course. He's the guy who's probably played the course the most of anyone uh, in this field. So I, I don't, are we going to bet anyone from down in this range? Like, you could tell me that Dustin's going to win. I, I think I'd rather play like five long shots, play three DraftKings lineups, and just call it a week for me here. I mean, you said, I mean, I've seen Norn as high as 40. So again, like there's, this no, is listen, a- we're, we're like, I, I don't want to talk about all the site shopping. People know to site shop. We're going to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. the DraftKings odds. If you say you got a better number, just say there's a better number. No, I'm not there. betting. No, I'm just saying like, but, yeah, this but is the, the ranges, craziest. But the ranges this week are legit, like 40 to 50 points in between some guys, depending on Insane. what site you use. We can't talk about okay. every single one of them. Yes. Great point. We'll get that out of the way. We're just going off these. We know you got to site shop everything as are we. Or no, you don't. You just bet at DraftKings. Uh, anyone <laughs> under 30 to one, I'm such a loser. But the two names, like the only, like Hatton to me is the only thing I would consider under 20. I think Fitzpatrick does make sense, but, and and maybe you could say they're equal, but I like Hatton more. So if I had to pick between the two, I'd be taking Hatton. And you mentioned like Middle East success, Middle East comps. Tommy. Um, that screams Fleetwood to me but it, but, but, it, but it screams Hatton and Fitzpatrick too because they went over there too yeah I guess so all those guys their biggest wins although I feel like uh Hatton won the P the BMW um anyone on Bay Hill yeah. but yeah Fitzpatrick and Fleetwood for sure and I'm a I'm a sucker I'm Fleetwood at DraftKings that seems like a pretty fair I don't know if it's fair jeez I don't know that, I could say the, I bet the, him to win way. a major I bet him to win. We bet him to win a major two weeks ago. So I obviously, yeah. Uh, his number at DraftKings Sportsbook appears to be the best on the market at like 26 and a half, 27 to one. Uh, most other places, it's like 22 or 24 at best. What do you think about Dustin and Brooks here? I, I feel like Dustin is way more live just to go out and run train on everyone at this tournament, but I can't see myself getting that low. And even at the at the eleven to one for Hatton or in the twelve to one for Fitzpatrick, I, I would just pass on those. Those are ones you can find like sixteens and eighteens and twenties on, though. Yeah, of course. Uh, I agree with you. If it's between Dustin or Brooks, it'd be full go Dustin because he has a habit of winning these events in the past, or he's done it before before the major. Um, I think Brooks is literally just like I don't want to have to walk uh, seventy two holes. Or sorry, I don't want to have to walk. I don't want to have to walk the entire tournament. I don't want to have to walk 72 holes without having done it for the month. So I'm happy to walk it this week. And maybe it's 36 and maybe it's a half ass 72. But, you know, if he starts hot fire, he's going to chase his million plus. But I think there's like a different mindset. This is South Carolina, is it not? It is South Carolina. It's in so between. Dustin probably knows if the famous Carolina course, Dustin probably plays it, knows it as well as anybody. He might like, or he might not. Like it's it's not like it's a brand new course. The Fazio design, by the way, so like Firestone. I, I keep saying Pinehurst number two because that's the first thing that rings in my mind. It's Pinehurst number eight is a Fazio design. Corrales, and this is basically a Corrales field, but they invited like five big names to show up. Well, Dustin's also yeah. Um I'm 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 not having any of them. If I had to pick, it would like at this moment in time, even though Brooks had that amazing PGA, and you could debate which one would be more live for Tory Pines is fair. I think Dustin is way more live if I had to make a move on these, but total total um total 
pass. I could argue a very few guys that might actually represent a fair opportunity lower on the board that you've mentioned, Pat, is uh, Harris English. Carolina, Ander 30 cursed. to 1. It's totally cut. Pardon? He's Ander cursed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I That looks like a fair number. I mean, like it's flirting like with the, you know, you could start it with like a 29 or a, has a three in front of it. Like, you know, he seems like the type of place where he would probably play very, very well. Uh, I haven't made that bet. I've made two bets north of 50 at the moment. Yeah, uh, I have four bets in so far. So let's just, like I said, I don't want to spend all day talking about a tournament like I legit don't care about. So let's just call this the 30 to 1 and up range. And we can talk (laughs) about anyone on the board. I don't care what their odds are. Here are the guys that I'm giving you that I think that we're both in on. Uh, Because the odds adjusted on the site that I use for, I'm going to find them on bet, on, uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, better odds. So Rafa Cabrera Bayo, 85 to 1. He's another guy who is just, I, I ran the short-term modeling on Fantasy National with my key stats this week. Over the past 12 rounds, Rafa is fifth in this field overall behind Brooks, Hatton, Lebiota, and Ben Martin, of all people. I think Ben Martin's a local guy to this course. Vince Whaley, number six, good for him. And then Danny Willett. I, I think Danny Willett is another guy who's, you know, one in the Middle East. And, I, and just with these weird green complexes and the different style of shots that you're going to play, like if it does start breaking out into like Linksy style and you have to get creative around the greens, I just think Willett's, he's not playing great by any stretch of the imagination, but his around the green game has been some of the best in the world. Uh, and I got him at 70 to one. So 70 to one and 75 to one for Willett and Rafa for me. I have bet both of those guys. Those are my two bets. It's funny, like we were both on them without really speaking to each other. Those were the guys we liked. Um, No surprise, I guess. Uh, Maybe they end up being popular. I will say, Rafa, I don't know, maybe it's baby steps. I'm just encouraged. This, these, uh, how do you put this? I feel like we've seen like one really good round recently. And last week now we got like two really good rounds. Okay, fine, 35 holes. But it was still a really good round. And I'll round up to two really good rounds. So maybe, maybe we can turn, we can build off two really good rounds for Rafa and turn it into three really good rounds for Rafa. And that allows us to be sitting somewhere on Sunday. That's exciting. All you can ask for. Danny Willett, I think he's playing pretty freaking good. No. Relatively speaking, made made a putt for the cut on the number, which was clutch for me in my lineups last week on the last hole and ended up finishing, what, 25th or 26th place. Um, the PGA, I will say for him of all players, like everyone could have had an excuse at the PGA. I don't think anybody comes into the PGA, had a bigger excuse at the PGA than Denny Willett, who was hosting, hosting, the British masters the week before the PGA and most people who love to bet the the European tour consistently, they are always fading those bet Fred British masters hosts. Will it like contended as a host? What an effort probably, you know, so he came off of the host and a contending effort into a BS PG, like a PGA that I'm called. Listen, you bet a guy at 80 to one, you got to make your own story. Okay. (laughs) But, but I'm writing off that PGA. It doesn't mean anything to me because I can sandwich the, the, the British Masters and the strong 
play at Memorial last week and say, in this field at 80, 70, let's go. Danny Willett, friends. I, I think I'm just making an effort not to go too low beyond. Like, there are guys like Poulter at 40 is a good number. Glover at 45 isn't terrible. Higo, uh, with the, the first site that released odds, had Higo at 30 to 1. He has now been scaled back. He's 55 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. He is one of the highest ranked players in this field. Uh, I just I don't know how well he's going to play. He, he played pretty well at the PGA Championship in his first ever start in America and first ever start at a major. Uh, this I would assume this course is a little bit easier and the field is far, far weaker. So those aren't horrible odds for a guy with uh, already has two wins on the European Tour this year uh, and a guy I just like a lot. But other than that, I, I think I would go beyond 100 to 1 at this point uh, if I was going to go to someone else, unless you really want to make a compelling case for like, Vegas or Varner or Knox or I mean Kazire at 35 to 1. Keith Mitchell actually kind of stands out to me as someone who could play really well here. It's a super long course. And two of the guys that I mean between Raf and Will, they're not bombers off the tee by any means. You can grab Mitchell at 55 or 50 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. If it does turn into like a bomber's paradise, at least we're back on Bermuda and Mitchell's playing pretty well at the moment. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm happy to see that as a lot of books have started to post. There have been, you know, better efforts to make me potentially interested in betting Pat and Kazire. You know, I was hoping for a 50. And when the odds came out, I was like looking for a fifth. Like my eyes were at 50 and above. And I like first saw him at like 33. So I was really <laughs> turned off. Now he's coming in at like the mid 40s. DraftKings is the best odds at like 46. Uh, that seems that's close enough for 50 to have me really potentially tempted pat um i don't snedeker's been kind of playing sneaky good golf at the moment he he's one of those guys right now uh that wanted tory pines he's wanted tory pines twice in his career and it looks like uh, at least in terms of the early qualifying that's going on for the u.s open it looks like he might get his spot so he might be one of the guys that pulls out oh good point good eye good eye um knox You've made some, like, points that could potentially, and by points, I mean, like, Scotland? you mentioned Scottish. Does that mean we're on, does that mean we're on, does that mean we're on Laird, too? Um, I don't know, but I think he's, like, quietly trending in a, in the right direction. Um, Not getting any, well, there's a bit of a tension on, on it, but, yeah. Other than that, I don't have much. If you think, like, Kisner will rise um up if you wish he was playing a little better um you know but that's about it again another guy just in crazy yeah i mean it's not that the numbers are bad it's just this field is bad and it lost six of the good players who would be in this field it might lose even more at this point so but doesn't the bad number or sorry doesn't the field being bad like put you in an awkward place of like, Oh, I have like, there's this guy I believe in and this field is so bad. So if he's ever going to like not have to be in a position, like he gets a chance to stare down Bo Hogue on Sunday, who maybe over a hundred is playing well, or he just got some good TV time. Cause his dad, grandpa was friends with Jack, but respectable effort Memorial. He probably knows it as well as anybody, but, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I believe in Danny Willett. I like Danny Willett. I mean, like, I got him at Danny Willett against this field showing, like, the little, like, you could debate 
his form as a fan and a guy that believes in Willett, like, how could I not bet him at this number against this field? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going on sort of like, like, like almost like you just said, like class of player. Uh, if Rafa is getting back to where he used to be, he's not there yet, but at least I've seen him be really good. And someone like Norin, who's also not playing great, is being treated like he's back, like he's very close to the player that he used to be, which is not the case whatsoever. So I find that part really confusing to me in terms of some of these numbers. Higo at 55, I mean, if you just want to gamble on the talent, I kind of all for that. Like, I really like Glover here, but then I just like, Glover hasn't won since like 2009 or something stupid like that. Like, do I really want to bet him here at 40 to 1? Sure, but like it's not like you're gonna have a betting card filled with like winning resumes since like 2015 on anybody. No, no, like, I'm I'm not. But I don't <laughs> listen. Glover rates out really well. Obviously, he's familiar with the course. But if I can get Rafa for double the number, like Rafa's probably a better player. Why would I just take that? Yeah, you're you're 100 right. Like I totally agree. And and um, I feel like it's all. I mean, you sort of alluded to it at the top. This is good. This exposure might be less than it's football season, but there's golf still happening, like golf event exposure. Like that's how little my exposure level might be to this tournament. All right. I, I got, do you, are, we, are we done from the 30 to hundred? Cause I have two plus one hundreds that we're going with. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm done. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Unless you could debate where Luke list number comes in. Yeah, well, I'm seeing a list at above 100 to 1, actually, in some spots, so. Yeah, so there it is. I, I, I could get on board with that. Why not, right? So the plus 100 to 1, guys, I have two bets in right now. Uh, both guys turning professional this week, and I normally would be, like, well off this, but after just watching, like, Morikawa win, Wolf win, and Hovland almost win a whole bunch of events, like, and they were playing against better fields than this. John Pack and David Thompson at 150 to one playing that with the each wave. I, I was, I just, just like, screw it. I'm in like, maybe these guys are just really awesome. Like Thompson's the sec player of the year coming off of it. And John Pack's like the best college amateur in a long time. Like compared like he's on, it feels like at least in terms of his resume that he's on like that Morikawa, Hovland, Wolf level as a guy coming out of college. Like he went seven times in college or something stupid like that. He's the Ben Hogan award winner. Like he's supposed to be really good and you can get him at 150 to one. Maybe the guy doesn't make the cut, but if he's good, like why couldn't he win this? Yeah. I mean that draft, geez, that DraftKings number must've like crushed down. Cause I think it opened like over 200 Pat. Oh, did it? I, 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 I'm not looking at DraftKings on that one because I was pulling up what I oh. had the money. Yeah, he's 225 so, to one. John Pack on DraftKings Sportsbook. That's a much better number. I wish I could bet that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, listen, the fact that he's only 150 to one would kind of show you like the level of respect that that certain books are showing him because that still feels like it should be higher for a guy that's going to be making his first run. And my only question to you which you like are kind of just answering it blindly on the resume is yes. Those other guys like won quickly, but it's like not all QB classes are the same. Like, does that mean like, is he, he might have won like the same amount of events as Wolf, but like, does he project to be that type of pro golfer? Um, I'm going to assume he does. And it's always fun to, I guess, maybe bet on these guys that ask still feels quite enormous, but I guess so would asking uh, Kevin Chappell or, or Danny Lee 
to win. Uh, you know, it's funny because that. like D- Davis Thompson and Pack are like 150 to even do 125 to one at most places on DraftKings Sportsbook. They're 225 and 300 to one. So even if you want to take the top 10 on that, that would still be really good. But I'll play both those guys with the each way. And the only ones I was really looking at because of that like Middle Eastern, and I don't even know if that is a crossover. That's just that's just the the lane that I'm sticking to this week to see if it works. David Lipsky plays really well over there for whatever reason on the European tour. He's in the field this week. Uh, and even some of his best finishes, like we got his win on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. It was in Texas. So they, they said this is very akin to some of the like, uh, Australian courses with the way that it's set up with all the sand and the runoff areas, um, that, you know, Australians tend to play really well in Texas. So, you know, if so, facto could play well here. That's the, the logical leap that I'm making. So I don't like his number though. His number's like 110 to one. I wish it was a bit deeper than that. Uh, yeah. I, listen, you almost feel like you're obligated to throw some bullets here. The last event before major. No, don't, don't feel obligated to be throwing any darts. Like I, I don't mind Bramlett this week at 200 to one either. I don't mind. Don't be Bramlett. Um, no, these are the events like KH Lee just cashed this event at 200 the week before a major, like the difference between the guys at hundred and like 180, as you always kind of say, doesn't really feel like much separates them. Um, I don't know. Oh, man. I, that being said, I don't have a freaking clue. Like how bad is Ben Ann playing? Very, very bad. <laughs> yeah. Holy jeez looking at those numbers now if you um, if you go down to the very bottom of this list you're gonna find some real blast from card like first round leader picks from like five years ago you got konos the swedish porn kings in the field now carl peterson michael kim smiley kaufman is in this field Derek Derek ernst is in the field hey chris baker the birdie maker is a thousand to one didn't jj spawn just cash a first round leader yeah he did yeah, he's 300 over at DraftKings. Beer Gardens uh, in this event. Oh, the other guy to watch out for. What the fuck is his name? I'm going to fuck up his name because that's what I do uh, when I when I don't hear it a whole bunch of times and you only like read it. Or you have like the British guys talking about it and I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's like an accent choice or what's going on here. But Nienbar? Uh, yeah, is it Nienbar? Nienbar? Wilco Nienbar. Nienbar. Yeah, he's sort of like the, the poor man's Higo. Isn't he a huge like? Isn't he a brick shit house? Yeah, he's. I think he hits it a ton. I'm, I'm pretty like sure. A, pretty sure he's giant. He's a 22 year old, 21 year old South African who's won on the Euro. He won the challenge a couple weeks ago. I yeah. think challenge tour. Good yeah. player. Um. Yeah. I, I I remember seeing him in some Euro events. He. Yeah. He's big boy. Um. I got. How about got, this? EVR is a hundred to one. Just looking at all those scrubs, EVR, Uline, Lewis. You don't want me rhyming yeah, off yeah, the yeah, names. Yeah, but hold on. It doesn't it feel like EVR is in a different category than those guys? Like, isn't he like an okay player? I don't know. I, I, I sometimes I want to think so, but I, I, I really don't know. I mean, maybe he gets boosted up because the name, like, he spells his name Eric with a K. It's Van Royen. Like, if his name was like Eric with a C, Eric Russell, maybe we wouldn't think that he was actually good. Maybe it's maybe it's one of those name things where he has like a cool sounding name, and when you look at it, it's like, oh, Eric Van Royen, that, that sounds pretty all right. Maybe he's actually good. Then you see him at the top of like WGC leaderboards sometimes. You're like, okay, this guy's got game. 
But uh, I used to just call him the European Luke List, and maybe that's just who he is. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was like that run where he contended forever on the European tour. He's sort of like, there's new guys that do that. <laughs> Not my phone on my toe, man. What did you do? I dropped my phone on my toe. It hurts. That's why you don't have your phone in one hand and a microphone in the other hand. Well, I'm changing things around. Mm. I was going to say he's sort of like he's doing what like Dietrich and Schaub now do, which is like just contend all the time, but not win. Yeah, I think Dietrich got the final spot in the U.S. Open from those like European qualifiers. I think he was the tenth. I 10th. really like him. I, I know Guido is number two on that list. We're gonna get some Guido action at the U.S. Open. That's exciting. Yeah, Sky has got to be fired up. All right, let's go to the quick picks. <laughs> I had nothing else to talk about. Uh, Willett seventy, Rafa Cabrera Bayo seventy five, both with each ways. Um, John Pack and Davis Thompson, 150 and 150, both with top five each ways. I'll put out my cheat sheet on Wednesday if I add anyone else to the list. Like, I, I'm seriously considering betting Hatton at 16 to one. Like, that, that's fair for me. That I might just make a big bet on Hatton and then take these four guys. Yeah. Um, here's the thing I'm like having this thing. Like, should I just because I've bet Rafa and I've bet Willett. Um, so I could really do whatever I want. And should I just like keep hitting like 50 and above and just like spend all my money to have a mass amount of ticket or, you know, as many tickets as I feel comfortable and what they'd pay, um, yada, yada, yada. Or do I just go supplement Willet and Rafa with Hatton and even get really crazy? Don't laugh at me, but Fleetwood and just four man, sort of like what I did last week, just four man. Um, obviously I'm going to spend way less than last week. Last week I made four like hard bets. So I'm really happy. One of them cashed. Thank yeah. you, Patrick. Yes. Thank you, John Rom. Uh, um, yeah. big thanks to John Rom on that one. But yeah, I, I could go Hatton and like Hatton 16 Fitzpatrick 18. I like Fitzpatrick more than I like Fleetwood. I don't care if Fleetwood has better odds. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And honestly, Fitzpatrick probably feels even like this some ugly missed cuts like along the way. He does feel more likely to win um before Fleetwood would at this moment. In yeah. But um yeah, that's that's all I got, man. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited to break down Tory Pines. Uh, that should be fun. I feel like do with the modeling and like looking at all the past performances, like you got to completely cross off one of the courses, right? So you don't want to get too looked into it or it's all, a, all, a, you just take it as one. Uh, no, like it's super easy to do on fantasy national as well. Like you can just exclude Tory pines North from the equation, but I don't know how That's much why fantasy national is the best. Yeah. Fantasy national.com slash Mayo for 20% off. Um, but at the same time, like I don't know how much you want to put stock into how guys play at the farmers. Like it's just not going to be the same setup. Yeah. And you even said guys on that last leaderboard were a lot of guys that really didn't have any Tory pines pedigree before having great us opens behind tiger. Yeah. The glove I would be interested in this week too. Anyway, let's do our one and done picks for the week. Tim tried to pick Charlie Hoffman. Charlie Hoffman heard the news and quickly withdrew from the tournament. <laughs> 
Uh, so now he is taking Harris English as his one and done. You hit your one and done last week. You're in the lead now, Cantlay. Getting you a bunch of bucks. I couldn't use him because I had already used him when he missed the cut at the players. So I got stuck with can't putt Hideki. Uh, so that leaves you with the pick for Palmetto. Okay. I want you to in like I I, I want you to to give me zero points though for the week before where I double use Thomas. Okay, done zero, but only because you hit the yeah, winner. No, that time. is that no, yeah. I want. I was going to talk to you about that. No, I made that mistake. That's on me. That's a X zero. Um. Okay, we're talking about one and done, and I'm going to use Danny Willett. Danny Will, you're not going to use Dustin Johnson. No. Okay. So will it for you, English for Cust. I would have used Hatton or Fitzpatrick, but I have already used both Hatton and Fitzpatrick, so I cannot do that. So I will take... Ah, fuck it. Let's just take Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Be on my way. <laughs> Let's go! Um, I accidentally double bet Rafa because the book I bet him on is really annoying. You'll make a bet. Uh, then it, it processes, and then it looks like it, you didn't make the bet, so then you go to make it again at double bets, because I know what site you're talking about. Yeah, and I got two kids. I'm running around, and I go back to the page. I'm like, oh, I didn't make it. And your your funds, the amount you want is still sitting there. They, it's like, a, what a... Oh, I, there's a couple other things not betting related. We got to like do a cuss corner soon, because I got a couple things I need to explode about, but we'll get there. I don't want to burn it here. I, I have a cuss corner that we filmed like three months ago that's just waiting to come out. So maybe if we can get enough smashes of the like button or people you know, telling us that they want the cuss corner, <clears throat> maybe I'll release that this week because we won't have time next week because of, yeah. you know, U.S. Open. Because Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is going to be U.S. Open. I have football stuff to release next week as well. So yeah, <clears throat> maybe. <clears throat> oh my! God. Hopefully, there's no um, gymnastics and and the men can play in the late wave <clears throat> window. Oh, that's a, got a piece of dust in my throat. Not great. Probably time to get out of here for this one. At Jeff Feinberg or G Feinberg seventeen on Twitter, the Jeff Feinberg Show. Wednesdays and Fridays on FTNDaily.com. For me at the PME on Twitter, I'll release the final picks in the newsletter. Subscribe to that in the description. And Daily Fantasy Sports, Picks and Bets, The Mix. Euro every day going to be up there. There's still French Open every day, the European Tour Pick Show. My final betting card as I preview this tournament, the quick one that's about 10 minutes, will all be up on that podcast feed. You rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, something you like about the show. Twitter handle or email address. You get in a draw for a $33 win. To get you into the dog. Or where the fuck you want to spend the 33 bucks? I don't care what you spend it on. It's yours once you end up being drawn a winner of that. All right, I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.